What's up, folks? And you got to love when our national correspondent comes on because you can see him. And if you can only see him dancing to the intro song, uh, it's quite hilarious. But listen, thank you all for tuning in tonight. We do appreciate it. And for those who are listening overseas, stateside, and now in Australia, we really do appreciate everyone tuning in. Thank you also for being patient as I made the transition from doing the podcast to now being officially a broadcaster. And I will say, this feels like home because when you're a broadcaster, and we'll talk to Rob Motti, which he's always been a great friend of the show to us, but it is two different worlds. And it feels funny to even say that, but when you are doing it professionally over the air and over TV so people can actually see uh, what you look and sound like, it's a complete different thing than doing the actual podcast from the studio. And yes, we are live here at the LG Direct Sales Solution Studios in Tampa, Florida. And where it is a balmy, I think, I don't know, 82 degrees out there. And I'm pretty sure Rob is loving the life down here because it is fantastic this time of year before it gets super hot. Also, happy birthday to Mrs. Motti, Rob Motti's mom. God bless her and many, many more happy birthdays to come. So thank her to having her great son so we can have time to speak with him tonight. We know he's always busy, so we're going to get into it. Also, thank you to the Tampa Bay Titans as well for allowing me the opportunity to become their broadcaster. And if you guys want to come out next Sunday, they are on the road this Friday. Next Sunday, if you live down here in Tampa, 1701 North Boulevard in Tampa, Florida, Blake High School, you can Google it. It's right across the street from Armature Works, or actually it's Armature Works is directly behind uh, the high school. So if you guys get the opportunity to come out, it's $15 at the door. You can also get it at TampaBayTitans.com. Look under the shop and pick up your tickets then. There's season ticket packages still available. So I appreciate everyone, their support for coming out. Thank you for watching on TBL TV. And uh, with all that being said, I see the lineup already there, the Godfather, the National Correspondent, Rob. So let's get everything going on the way here tonight. It is episode 127. I'm Angel, and welcome to Broad Street Self. Once again, the national correspondent, now he wants to play the drums. It's all right. So now we'll just get the party really going here with the Godfather and his intro. Here is Mike Fuji. Wait, 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 wait. No drum roll. <laughs> no nothing. Come on, man. What's up, Fuji? Feeling 50 and fabulous. How are you? Phil's opener this week. Sex was playoffs. How he pulled off the trade yesterday. Eagles draft about three weeks away. Angel, let's get the party started with Rob Motti and the national ring-chasing correspondent, Ryan Neff. <laughs> well, make How sure we'll do so. And good, man. Listen, by the way, happy birthday to Fuji. Of course, the godfather turning 50. Major, major milestones. Happy birthday to Fuji. I see the commentary coming in, so I'll get the commentary in momentarily. And oh, by the way, also, uh, thanks to one Ducky Cornish, we will be giving away and we'll have some either some sort of contest or something else for the folks living back home in Philly, draft party night tickets. They are available. We're still kind of putting together. We'll start releasing them come either probably this Thursday and or next Tuesday in time for the draft. So thank you to Ducky Cornish for doing that. We really do appreciate it. And with that being said, we'll introduce the, I guess, the new <laughs> dancing machine, also known as the national correspondent. Ryan, how are you? Gentlemen, I'm well. Fuji, you old cheeky bastard. Yeah. <laughs> mm, so younger than you guys. Hey, a lot, right here. lot to talk about, man. This Saints-Eagles trade. Sixers are in full sw swing for the playoffs. Philly season coming up. Let's get to it, man. Yeah, there's right down and dirty, baby. Exactly. It's there's like tons a nifty fifty. 
<laughs> well, there's tons of stuff to get into. And as we do with all of our guests and always, it's, it, it, listen, it's always a great time with Rob. There's two reasons why. One is the knowledge that he brings every single time he comes in our show. And if you guys do not follow him, first of all, on social media, which you should at Rob Motti, but also for the Faith on the Field show and for what he did during the Super Bowl. And Radio Week was something else. And I have the man here now to thank him personally because, Rob, man, what a job that you did during Radio Row for that week during the Super Bowl coverage. So thank you for what you did because it was great stuff all week long, including articles. So thank you for what you did. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And, Mike, happy 50th, dude. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm closing in on it. I'll reach out to you for some advice when we get there. But, hey, stay healthy, stay young, stay nice. strong. And uh, age is just a number anymore. But it's good to be with you guys. Angel, nice. at the top of the show, man, I hear all your introductions. And uh, Tampa Bay Titans and some hockey. And you mentioned Armature Works. Remy and I love it down there. It's it, it's pretty cool. We love armature work. So we're going to have to come check that out. Yeah, no, definitely. If you get it, listen, I, it would be, and I, I don't want to say it because I know you're you're consistently busy, but if you ever get either a Friday or Sunday, I'll tell you the schedule as far as when it comes to Titans. If you guys want to stop by and you want to make you know a quick sign-on appearance with me, I would absolutely freaking love it. Either that or the, or the, the studio, one or the two. Yeah, let's talk, man. We'll talk about it. I would definitely make some time for you, my friend. Definitely. No problem. So uh, I want to first say, because we know that with your relocation now down here to Florida, the great thing is you get to also get to see as much as uh, the man to the left of me here likes to make a lot of fun. But obviously, TV 12 came back and you've had the opportunity to cover the Bucks as well. And now Bruce Arians stepping down, which then Todd Bowles gets a second opportunity again to become a head coach. What was the feeling like you being there? What was the feeling in the room? How did Tom Brady feel? Because we know we already heard the instant rumors that because of Tom Brady is the reason why B.A. left. And we know that's not even anywhere near true to it being that. I know Bruce Arians had mentioned last season that when he knew it was time to step away, that he just he felt that he knew it was coming and he was fortunate to win a Super Bowl. So I think he stepped away at the right time. But I want to get from you, you being there firsthand. What was the feeling like in the room and how much did Bruce embrace now Todd Bowles, knowing that he's going to give this team over to a great coach? Yeah, I think when the news first came, there was some initial shock. But as you sit back and you evaluate it and you think about the situation and, and what Bruce has been able to accomplish and, and how important it is for him to be able to turn things over to one of his guys and Todd Bowles and, and give it to him in a situation where they can they could still win. And, uh, you know, when he says that Tom Brady coming back kind of solidified in his mind that this is the time that he could step aside and turn over to Todd Bowles, a team that is a Super Bowl contender rather than turn over a team to whether it's Todd, Byron Leftwich, or one of his other assistants, uh, a team that's in a rebuilding mode. I, I think it was really important for him to do that. I, I thought it was cool that Tom came to the, uh, the press conference last, I think it was Thursday now, um, my days are getting mixed up, but it was nice to see Tom Brady there. Um, I, I know he sat in, a, in the front row and uh, he didn't say much to anybody other uh, publicly um, in, in the, as far as the media is concerned. But I, I know he, he and uh, Bruce um, certainly had conversations behind the scenes and he knew uh, from when he had decided to come back that this was going to happen. And uh, they're just turning it over to a guy in Todd Bowles who's getting a second opportunity that I think he's deserved. Uh, th this is one that he probably should have gotten already, 
But, you know, uh, I often say God's timing is better than my my timing and his plan is better than my plan. And I think Todd understands that he couldn't take over a better team than he's got right now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's better than getting an opportunity somewhere else with a different team where he's in rebuilding mode. So uh, it, it was great to see him get that chance and get that opportunity. And uh, it, it's it's going to be fun to watch these Buccaneers. Now, maybe they can get Gronk to come back. And uh, I'm sure Tom is out there doing whatever he can, right, Angel, uh, yeah. to, get, to get Gronk to want to come back and play. I know he said this week that he's not ready to make that commitment, but I'm sure at some point he will. Rob, oh, I'm quite sure. On... Oh, mean... Great, food. Can, can you touch on two things? Mm-hmm. Is there some animosity between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady? To maybe make Bruce Arians step down. You know, that that was a a rumor that started from uh, the radio host. Now I forget his name. Radio host in San Diego, former player, uh, former NFL guy, played a couple seasons in the league. And and he said that there was some animosity and that uh, Bruce Arians would um, kind of, what do you call it, red, red letter, red mark, some of the uh, the offensive game plan that Brady mm-hmm. and Leftwich put together. And that kind of got blown into maybe this is the reason why. And, you know, I could understand being skeptical about it because you hear that and you start to put two and two together. But then after being there, right, after being in that room and, and speaking to the guys and talking to Arians uh, off to the side and, and talking to everyone involved in that situation, I really think what was most important for Bruce Arians was he was going to step aside after this season. And once he realized that Tom is coming back, that Todd didn't get an opportunity with another team, that Byron Leftwich didn't get an opportunity, he wanted to make sure his guys – uh, are taking over a team that can win. And uh, it's important, you know, for Bruce Arians, he calls it succession and what he's been able to do and accomplish as a head coach. He's won a Super Bowl. Um, he, he's someone who has been on the forefront of diversity and inclusion with four African-American assistant coaches in in, uh, in high positions, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, assistant head coach, special teams coordinator, uh, the first two uh, female women assistant coaches. So uh, I think it was important for Bruce to do this, and and I'm not I'm not believing that 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 he stepped aside because of Tom Brady. I I think this was more about him giving it to Todd with an opportunity to win. Oh, Rob, just to piggyback off that, there's a couple of things that I've been hearing, and, and you know I I tend to look at like different sources on the internet and stuff like that. But there, I don't know what you're hearing down there, but. I heard the reason why Brady wasn't going to come back initially was the fact that he wanted total control of the offense. And I don't think there was a little bit of a tiff between him and Bruce Arians. It's, it's well documented during the season. And the other thing that I'm also hearing is the Miami Dolphins are trying to make a strong play to get Brady to come to Miami. I don't know what you're hearing down there, if you could expand upon it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think – the part uh, of Brady stepping aside and retiring had more to do with him needing time to convince his wife not to uh, go go wild and crazy or do anything like fall for divorce if he wanted to come back. I think he was just trying. And if if you heard him towards the end of the season, uh, and I would go, he would speak usually uh, on Thursdays, and I would be there uh, most of those Thursdays, and just to hear him talk about. Um, his future plans. It really seemed to be 
where he's still at the top of his game. He wanted to play. He wanted to come back. He was having as much fun. Like I would see him, we would practice would be open for like 10 minutes, right? They're stretching, they're doing a few things, but he's out there smiling, having fun, joking with the guys. Like this wasn't a guy who was ready to step away, but he kept talking about how important it was for him to do right by his family, to be the husband and be the father that they deserve. So I think the initial retirement was about him buying some time to be able to step aside uh, and, and say, all right, honey, I'm home. Uh, this is what life is going to be like if I'm not playing. And next thing you know, he's off uh, selling Brady brand merchandise every day on Instagram and Facebook <laughs> and Twitter and whatever it may be. And then he's flying off with the boys to go watch soccer. And she's like, well, you're not home anyway. You might as well go play football. And, and I think that's what it was about. I don't think it was about him getting total control. Uh, you know, I, I know some, some Boston uh, columnist wanted to suggest that. And as far as the Miami thing, yeah, I think that they were interested in him a couple of years ago. They've invested heavily in, in, in Tua uh, Tungavailoa right now, and, and he's got to be their guy for this season at least. And if he doesn't prove with all of the weapons that they've surrounded him with, right, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, then he's not the guy. Yeah, maybe there's an opportunity if Tom doesn't, uh, if one, he wants to continue playing, if he becomes a free agent, then there's an opportunity. Buccaneers aren't going to trade him. Uh, I, I don't think that they would do that at the end of the year. If he were to, he's, there's still questions about whether there's going to be a structure, a, re, a, a contract restructure. Right now, it's one more year. Uh, he's under contract. Uh, maybe he's going to go year to year. See how see how he feels. See how his body feels. If he already retired at the end of a season where he led the league in almost every statistical passing category, then I, I think there's a real chance that he could beat one and done. So there's no commitment for a second year right now, and and, and we're just not sure. So uh, I, yeah, Miami could want him all they want. I think a lot of teams could want him right now, but he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer for at least this season. Now, I want to get into something here before uh, I turn over to, to Fuji's best friend, Howie, because him and Howie, are, I mean, they, they keep getting closer and closer every single year. But uh, the one thing that kind of surprised me, not surprised, but I guess because I know Byron Leftwich had the opportunity of, of interviewing with a couple teams, Jacksonville, uh, where you started, then New Orleans, and then Tampa wanted him back. I thought if anybody, if BA at the time knew where he wanted it at the when he wanted to step down, that he would have turned the reins over, I guess, to Byron Leftwich. I mean, not even thinking about Todd Bowles already having it, you know, under his belt for the Jets. Was there something that, that Bruce Arians ever talked about off mic about Byron Leftwich maybe possibly becoming a head coach? Or is he looking just for Todd Bowles to kind of give him a little more time to groom and become better? And so when his opportunity comes around to be a head coach, that he's ready. Yeah, I, I, I specifically asked him this question off um, – uh, outside of the news conference when we just broke it down a little bit and were able to talk to Bruce. And I said, hey, if Todd Bowles uh, had gotten a job already, would you have turned it over to Byron Leftwich or would you have stayed? Um, and, and he said, no, I definitely would have turned it over most likely to Byron, but maybe one of the other guys, right? One of his other assistant coaches. So he didn't give me a 100% commitment to Leftwich, but he said he would have stepped aside even if Bowles wasn't there to take over. I think the decision to give it to Bowles is he's a guy who's been the head coach. He uh, um, he, he's, he deserves that second opportunity. And if you want to turn things over to a guy when you're a team that is a Super Bowl contender, 
be hard to do with a first-time head coach as young as Byron Leftwich is. I think everybody believes and understands that he's going to get his opportunity, but maybe he needs another season of grooming. Maybe he needs a couple more. Like he was close with that Jacksonville situation, and then there was talk about, well, he he wanted a different GM in there, and, and they decided to go in a different direction. And, and you can't fault them for wanting to go with Dougie P. I mean, you're getting a guy who's a Super Bowl winning head coach who went to the right. playoffs three out of his five years in Philly. Uh, I think he was a very underrated coaching candidate. And I'm really happy to see Doug Peterson get that job and, and not only get it, but uh, close enough to where if I wanted to, I can make a drive down there to Jacksonville or up there or that way or however it goes. I'm still <laughs> geographically challenged over here. That's all right. Sean makes a quick comment before I turn over to Fuji here. He says, what's up, guys? Dan Celia reports that Jalen Hurts is in Southern California working out with Tom Brady. He's working and throwing with Brady. Good to hear this. Sean, great friend of the show as well. Uh, so, And Fuji had talked about it just before we came on air here about the same exact thing. And, and obviously, for us, Rob, we know that, that Jalen wants to prove that he is the starting quarterback, regardless of whatever said Boom, you know, by him and, and what he reads on social media and what he's talked about and everything else. He knows that he wants to be successful in Philly. He knows what it's going to take. But that is, and I mean, for me, and I know that there's not a lot of people who are Tom Brady fans, but it's good to see that, I mean, a seasoned veteran quarterback that has won now seven championships, how much more could I not get any better than working out with him, at least to get some input from Tom Brady? Uh, if this is accurate, and uh, well, I'll find out uh, soon enough, right? I think it's great news because I don't know why, if I was a quarterback in the NFL, if I was any athlete in the NFL or, or any athlete at all in any sport, I would want to eat what Tom Brady eats, sleep the way he sleeps, drink whatever he drinks, do exactly whatever the TB12 method is. If my man can go into year 45 of his life and still be at the top of his game, why wouldn't any quarterback want to emulate that? So I think that's great news for Jalen Hurts, and he could certainly pick up more than a few tidbits. He could pick up a lot of uh, how to approach the game from a mental standpoint, how he could uh, improve himself from a physical standpoint, and then just how to quarterback the position. So uh, I think this, this would be terrific news for all Philadelphia Eagles fans. Rob, as far as uh, Howie with the defense, I mean, he's, you know, Brought in some nice pieces, you know, re-signed Derek Barnett, which was not a popular thing, but I guess that purposes. Um, my, my question is, you know, you brought some pieces in on defense, but to me you're not giving Jalen Hurts what he needs now. You know, you still got to give him the chance with the draft now. Do you see Howie just making the trade for a receiver with all these draft picks or maybe going defense – with the two num the sixteenth and the eighteenth pick overall, what's your take of this now? I, I don't think you can target a position. I think that's where you get in trouble. Uh, as much as you may, you know, you may want to look at a position group, right? You, you know, you got to go with best player available unless he's a uh certain you know if if it's a if it's a position where you feel you're strong in the Eagles case. Uh, you you can really go any number of ways in the first round. I, I like what they did 
in that trade with the Saints. I thought this was going to happen at some point. I didn't think they were going to use all three first-round picks. Uh, I thought that they were going to make sure they had at least two next year, possibly three. They made sure they have two first-round picks next year, uh, and, and they got a, an impressive haul for that 16th overall pick. I think the 18 and 19 and the other one wash each other out, and you could say they got a first, second, and third for number 16 spread over three years, but in that you don't know uh, where that one could be next year. I don't think the Saints are going to be uh, picking 20 to 30. I don't see them as a, a real deep threat or a playoff team. That one next year could be top 10, top 12, top 15. So that was very impressive uh, from Howie Roseman to be able to pull off that trade. And, and now you look at where do you address uh, some of the needs. I, I think they can always go depth on the O-line, depth on the D-line. I do feel they need a playmaker, another wide receiver. Uh, they may they need another playmaker, I feel, at running back, too, as well. But with some of the – they have 10 picks in this draft. They got that extra third. I know it's late third. It's 101. It's a compensation pick. But you, you can get in a wide receiver heavy draft someone in the second, third round, running back somewhere there. Uh, I know we talk a lot about linebackers. I don't see them going that way in the first round. And I don't think he's done yet, guys. I, I don't think – He's done uh, wheeling and dealing, maneuvering. Uh, he's a guy who's often active on draft day and throughout that three-day process. So you could see him uh, moving around. Maybe you, if there's a guy that they target that they feel is a, a surefire, four or five-time all-pro uh, in the top 10, top 12, they may package a few of these picks and move up to get that guy. So I think there's a number of ways that they're going to go. I don't think they're going to go quarterback at this point. Well, I, think, I would love I would love to see them go after a D back for years to come, like a Sauce Gardner, because you know it's a passing game. You know Darius Slays, who knows how long he'll be here, and you know it's how he just never drafted that big corner, which you know the Eagles really haven't had to, besides trade for Darius Slay. I mean, he really haven't had brought in that stud corner for years to come, like. Yeah. You know, when they brought in Troy Benson and drafted Bobby Taylor, Lito Shepard, Sheldon Brown. Brown. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think they took a shot right with Sidney Jones, and they were hoping that Sidney Jones could be could be a guy who could pan out. Uh, and, and he may still have a career uh, outside, away from the Eagles, but uh, that's a spot. Uh, you look at the cornerback's position and someone opposite Darius Slay, and I, I think that's a direction they could go for sure. Rob, just to turn it around a little bit, and I'm going to play devil's advocate on the whole Eagle Saints trade. There are a lot of pundits up here and a lot of sports personalities are saying, what is Jalen Hurts? He can't buy a break. They're stockpiling all these picks. Um, one of the things that the inside word is Jeffrey Lurie is still sort of fretting over the fact that he didn't draft or they didn't draft Russell Wilson back in 2012. Um but a lot of pundits up here are saying they're stockpiling all these picks because they're going to buy their time with Hurts this year again. And next year's draft is going to be quarterback rich. And that's what they're getting all these picks for. What, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what they're trying to do. And, and uh, I, I talked about this a couple months ago back in December when I first got word uh, from some people and, and some people around the league who were saying, hey, keep an eye out on the Eagles trading these picks because this draft, this quarterback draft, it may not be as attractive. And, and Jalen 
play to the point where he deserves another look. He deserves another opportunity, right? His first full season as a starter with a rookie head coach and a new system, he led the Eagles to the playoffs. And yeah, I know they mm -hmm. beat a lot of losing teams, but they got there. And I know they got uh, beat up by the Buccaneers in the playoffs, but a lot of teams got beat up by Tom Brady and the Bucs. So they got there, they got to the playoffs. He showed enough to where he warrants another look. But I don't, I don't believe anybody feels definitively that Jalen Hurts is the answer 2023 and beyond. So last year I said going into the 2021 uh, season that the most important thing was finding out whether or not Jalen Hurts is your quarterback in the future. I don't think they got that answer. I think what they got was, hey, we need another look-see at him, and they're getting that, but they're hedging their bet because now they have two first-round picks next year uh, in a draft where it's supposed to be, right? It's early, but it's supposed to be a good quarterback class. You look at Bryce Young, you look at C.J. Stroud, you look at some of the guys, and you never know who may develop over time next year, but they're now giving themselves an opportunity if they bomb out this year, if they're a five-win team, and I don't see that happening, but if that were the case and now they're picking high, they got the Saints pick, they could potentially have two top 12, two top 15. We don't know yet where it's going to be, but they're, they're, that's, I think that's what they're doing, and I think it sends a little bit of a message to Jalen that, hey, you haven't proven yet, and he knows that. Jalen knows he hasn't proven uh, that he's going to be the guy in 23 and beyond, and he's hungry. He wants to go out there, and the fact that if he's out there working with Tom Brady, he's doing the right thing right now to make sure he can position himself to be the best possible quarterback he can be in 2022. Right. I want to bring up uh, Sean's question here. He said, guys, would you trade one of the first round picks and your second round pick to trade up to the 10 spot that the Jets have to get Sauce Gardner? And you'd like to know your thoughts, Rob. Man, I, I hate trading assets to move up. I'm a guy who likes to trade back and accumulate more picks. I, I always feel like if if you have several holes and a lot of flaws then you're better off getting the, the more picks you have, the better likelihood you have of actually hitting on these picks, right? Now, I, I know Sauce Gardner is well-regarded. He's a top prospect. He could be that answer at the cornerback position. But I, I'd be reluctant to, to move a one and a, a two to move up and, and make that move. I, I would rather take one of the other guys if it's maybe a second or third or, or, or someone who is from the uh, fourth or fifth best top five prospects as opposed to doing that. I, I don't think the Eagles are a player away from the Super Bowl. I don't think the Eagles are two players away from the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I just don't see them being in that mix. So I think you're building now for 23, 24 and beyond. And for me, uh, I would be more I would more likely want to move back and accumulate more picks than move up. Yeah, I agree. Now, because I know we have about two minutes or so left with you here. I, I talked about in the beginning of the broadcast as we we're coming in that it, it's a whole different story. And Rob, you've been on radio and obviously a broadcaster, uh, still dealing with the Associated Press, obviously with the Faiths on the Field. I've never understood, and you don't know until you're in those shoes. And it's different when you're doing an actual broadcast compared to a podcast. So coming from you, the, the professional as well, me coming around the first time to it, it's a different feel. Like I, this is like my my happy place, I guess, if you want to call it, because you you do. Even though we still watch what we say here, because we always want to keep it professional, but it's also tough too. Because when you're when you're into the game, 
You also have to remember too, you can't be one-sided. You also can't put a thousand percent of your emotions out there because there was, there could be calls that don't go the right way and everything else. But it's, it's such a different world. When you first started with your broadcast, now it's different because when you started, of course, broadcasts were first and then the podcasts all started coming out. How was it for you the very first time around as far as doing your broadcast? Uh, I mean, I think doing a broadcast is a thousand times harder than doing a podcast because in a podcast, you could stop, start, record again, do whatever you want to do. When I was on uh, up north uh, in Philly, when I was on 97.5 The Fanatic, there's no do-overs. Whatever you say, you just say it, right? There's a dump button in case uh, one of the callers says one of the words that they're not allowed to say on the air, but there's absolutely no do-overs. So you got to bring your A game every single time. You have to be aware. You have to be alert. You have to be cognizant of everything going on, listening, hearing, watching. Uh, and sometimes things are happening. Like I remember being on the air uh, and, and the Sixers traded for Jimmy Butler, right? So that was something where you're, you're reacting, you're responding. Sometimes I would come on when the Eagles were on the road and you come on right after a, a game. I'll never forget going on probably the, the most, um, I wouldn't say angry, but the most critical I ever was of the Eagles was coming off uh, that loss to the Dolphins in 2019. You remember that loss? Zach Ertz dropped the ball inside the five, and uh, they, they lose to Miami, and then they end up running the table and getting in the playoffs. Came on right after that, and, and it was like one angry caller after another. So, uh, And then, of course, one show I'll never, ever forget doing is being on air a couple hours after Kobe Bryant uh, died in, in that helicopter uh, tragic helicopter accident. That was an entirely different kind of show. It was mourning with the city, um, mourning over the loss of a legend, and, and, and that was one. That was one of the shows that was probably the hardest I've ever had to do because you couldn't hold. I couldn't hold back emotionally. I cried on the air two or three times just listening to some of the callers uh, share some of their stories and some of their moments and their memories and being a dad and having two daughters. Uh, and just like I was about to fly out to the Super Bowl the next day and my girl saying, don't go. It, was, it really was hard. It was an emotional uh, four hours and, and probably one. I mean, certainly I would never want to do that again because you never want to see any legend or anyone uh, pass away like that. Right. Right. I want to leave you with this one last thing before I let you go. You're talking about sharing stuff. And by the way, for everyone who listening in tonight, we have Rob Muddy with the Associated Press also from Faith on the Field. And if you guys need some enlightening, watch Faith on the Field. Go to faithonthefield.com. Take a look at what goes on there because you will it, – it, self-healing, I guess, is the best way I can describe it when you're with Faith on the Field. But the one thing that I do want to say is you talk about uplifting – how about the email that was shared with you not too long ago? Because the comment that I came up earlier, which wasn't a bad one, other than the, the one where I was in there with Noble, saying that you're a big get as far as coming on with us tonight. And we appreciate <laughs> Noble for, for the comment. Thank you, Noble. Yeah. As far as how about you talk about, you know, people who like to, you know, like bring you down or people like to just say some like some negative all the time. And you had one person individual that attempted over and over and over again to get under your skin. And you did everything possible just to not even do it on purpose, but try to uplift the person. They end up having an experience and then they credit you for it because it was almost like you to give up on them to make them give up on themselves. So that was uh, pretty nice as far as the email they showed. And then obviously you shared with everyone on social media. So listen, thank you for that. Because obviously if, if, if we could have had the guy on here tonight, it would have been nice to, for him to be able to, to say it personally, but that's absolutely fantastic. Well, thank you for that. And, and yeah, it was, you know, I, I, there's a lot of trolls out there, guys, right? There's a lot of haters. There's a lot of people 
who, who will say uh, some, some mean things to you, some negative things to you. And uh, there was a period of time where, like, you know, uh, anytime I would say anything uh, in, in defense of Carson Wentz or just try to set the record straight because there was so much uh, – the narrative was so false in regards to him that people would attack me and come at me and come after me. And, and uh, I reached a point this year where I was like, you know what, I'm going to just start blocking people. And, and then – uh, this guy reached out to me and, and said, um, <clears throat> you know, it's funny. Uh, I will share this about him, right? Uh, in, in his, he, he sent me the email and it was through a, a form on my website, robmonty.com. He had 4133, the, the score of the Super Bowl, in his right. email address. That was like part of it. Like, you know, his name, 4133. I was like, my man is a diehard <laughs> Eagles fan. I, I wonder how many other people have 4133. I'm sure a lot of people got that all over passwords and all, uh, email addresses, whatever. But uh, I, I digress. And he said, hey, I was one of the people who, you know, I, I would say some things to you uh, and when that was going down. And, and you reached out and said, you, you know, if, if you need any prayers, uh, I got you. And, and I, I remember I'd say that a lot to some people because sometimes people are so hateful. I'm like, man, you, you need some prayers. Like, I don't know what's going on in your life. But to be that mean to someone, something's got to be going on in your life. So if you need some prayers, let me know, because I, I know you're hating what I'm saying right now, but let me pray for you. So this guy, a couple times, uh, I said that to him and unbeknownst to me, like he just started following some of the faith on the field videos. And, and there was one, I, I think that he saw, I spoke at a church and uh, it, it kind of got him. He was a heavy drinker and, and he uh, went to, he said he went, started going to AA and he started getting into a, a church. And uh, I think this email was like last week and he said he had just been baptized. So I thought that was, that was pretty cool, pretty awesome. So it's nice to know that sometimes, you know, God uses you to impact people that way. So um, uh, I was very appreciative of him sending me that message because you know what, guys, it makes me think twice about blocking people. It makes me think like, hey, you know what, maybe instead of blocking, maybe I could respond with love and, and continue doing that. So uh, it's, you know, it's thankfully, I haven't had too much hate lately. So <laughs> we'll see. Mike, I know you <laughs> wanted to get in a couple questions before I head out. So I'll certainly stick around for that. Um, Sixers play Sixers run and yeah. Philly's record. And how many wins for the Phils? Well, Sixers, I, I don't – unfortunately, I don't see them winning the NBA title. But uh, I, it, it, it would be fun to, to see a nice long run. You know, I, I just picked up – I wanted to make sure I could follow uh, the playoffs and, and, and watch down here. Uh, maybe Angel can give me some uh, some ideas on what's the best way, right? I had direct TV for the football season. Got to watch all those games. And then I'm like, well, I don't need direct TV in the offseason. So what am I doing? So I got YouTube TV now to watch some of the Sixers games. But uh, anyway, as far as the Phillies are concerned, uh, I had an opportunity to go down to the Nick Castellanos news conference here um, and the, the, the Kyle Schwarber news conference. Got in another day, uh, also a couple other days. And I, I think they're going to be a, a fun team to watch, fun team. To, who's going to hit the ball. Uh, their defensively is going to be some issues, but uh, I could see them at 86 wins. I think that's where I'll go with the Phillies, 86 wins, enough to get in as a wild card team. Nice. Thanks. Mm -hmm. No, Keep no problem. Longer. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, guys. Absolutely. As always, thank you for coming on, and please let the people know exactly where they can find you. 
Uh, they can just follow me on Twitter at Rob Motti. All of my social is at Rob Motti. Insta is at Real Rob Motti and Faith on the Field at FaithOnTheFieldShow.com. No problem. Rob, thank you so much. We'll, we'll get together for a couple things to make sure. But listen, tell the family I said hello. And again, happy birthday to your mom. I will. Thank you. And, and happy 50th to you, Mike. Thank you, fellas. Thank you. Appreciate no it. Problem. Thanks again. Thanks, Rob. Oh. All right. Oh, look who's in major focus. Well, our second <laughs> guest tonight Take is the Godfather. Take me off. <laughs> Thanks. I don't want to be. Put it back. Put it back. No, put it back. Okay, yeah. We'll make him the second guest here. So on with us tonight is uh, is the godfather, now turned half a century old. <laughs> uh, thanks, Rob. Good, uh, good insight. I'll make sure I let him know there, Rob, or Sean. I'll make sure I let him know. But listen, uh, again, great points that obviously were discussed tonight. Thank you, Sean, also for your questions as well. For um, Again, for let me bring it back up. Ducky, again, I will, I will mention come next week, we will give away some draft party tickets. And uh, Noble, once again, thanks for tuning in. I do appreciate it, man. Also, for uh, as you talk about Tom, thank you. And uh, well, first of all, I, I want to get to number one before we get into any more sports or anything else. How, from what I understand, and I, I could be wrong since we have our second guest tonight being the Godfather. I'm not um, a guest. <laughs> Don't put me on the spot. <laughs> so. From what I understand, there was about 400 people that uh, a surprise party thrown to you by uh, by your wife, Kristen. That's that's the numbers that I was hearing, what we we're getting fed from, if I understand it correctly. So I, I heard it was about 400 people there at your birthday party. Then there was the after party, uh, I believe, right down the street from your house, if I remember correctly. No, there wasn't 400 people. There was, a, I was fortunate to have about 50 people. Wonderful people at my party, not people, family, friends, you know, guys I grew up with, you know, I work with, you know, blessed to have, you know, thank, you know, Kristen threw a beautiful surprise party. Thank you to her, you know, for a lot of work put into it. Had about four, close to a couple hundred birthday wishes, you know, I'm very blessed and want to thank everybody for, you know, the messages, the love, and, you know, especially turning half a century old. And, you know, I just feel very appreciative. And I want to thank everybody out there watching, you know, everybody that came, you guys, Kristen, for throwing it. And, you know, much appreciated, you know, Mike and Sean for getting me out. And, you know, just, you know, I went out, had a couple beers and watched a little bit of a, a couple. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would say at least more than one <laughs> would define, be appropriate. Define, define a couple. You had to throw it in there. <laughs> well, we you have... really had to throw, throw it in the There's but no turning back now, but yeah, but like you know, I like to say thanks. You know, I feel blessed and much appreciative. Gonna make you an awful your camera fuel. Exactly. Let me sure to get the happy birthday music in there. Uh, that's, that was your walk-up song that I did hear when the, when the party at the facility started. I can't recall. <laughs> I can't recall. 
<laughs> Can't recall. Ducky, what's going on? We are doing fantastic. Once again, Ducky Cornish, the guy who uh, oh, is God. making the tickets available. So we will start probably, matter of fact, and maybe this, either this Thursday or come next next week, definitely. Um, but Ducky, once again, thank you so much for uh, for putting that together. So the draft party tickets will come. We're going to put all the details and all the good fun stuff together. You guys tune in on Thursday and then come next week. We'll make sure we throw it out there. And uh, Sean says, Fuji, you're welcome. The words of Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> do me like I do. I try to do it and I, and I never can. So look at that. Just having That's to get right, out there tonight. <clears throat> And then your broadcast, and now you're always running that mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, running for two hours and about 15 minutes straight of time. You, you're all talked out doing How do you, what do you do? Fridays, Saturdays? Fridays and Sundays are uh, when it when it happens. And it's it's tough because you have, uh, oh, and by the way, um, Jack, uh, I, I don't want to mispronounce the last name. P e t r i d e s, Mrs. Jack, and her dad was uh, kind of interesting as you're saying that because it just reminded me. Thank you, and if you guys are are tuning in from Northampton, Massachusetts, thank you for listening in. The coolest compliment ever that I heard, and I shared it with with Fuji. It, it's odd when you have someone to come up to you and say, Hey, you're brought to South. And I listened to you and, and they live somewhere other than fall office. She's up in new England. And it, it was very cool experience to be able to meet her as I was setting up the broadcast. Uh, this was on Sunday. And, and I did see her on Friday. And originally like she wanted to come up, but she came up to me on Sunday and it was really neat to, to, for her, the kind words that she said, of, as far as that she tuned in, uh, found the show and has been listening in. So we do appreciate as we appreciate everyone from around the country that, that listens to us. We can't do this all without you guys. And we do appreciate it the same way. You know, the same appreciation for the Tampa Bay Titans, because it, as I get back to it now, it's, it's tough. I will say that much during a podcast. It's different because we've gotten used to it and it continues to grow. Obviously we continue to grow in different markets and Tampa is really boomed down here, which is really nice. Um, Miami has picked up a lot of steam. Orlando's picked up a lot of steam. So it's really nice to see in the state of Florida. And I thank you guys for being a part of it as well. But when you have to come up with stuff for two hours and 15 minutes from start to end, including during a halftime, I only take about a two minute break during a half. And that's when I show the two minute segments with the Titans that I came up with and had shared it um, with Jack. But it's not the it's hard because not only are you just like Rob said, paying attention to the game, what's going on between the fouls and everything else, the crowd that's on hand. Um, obviously with some of the things and, and it's been a nice crowd for the most part, except for the team that played this past week from Carolina Coyotes. You talk about a game that it was and and it's fun to say in a good way, but also kind of frustrating that night because it was like watching the Harlem Globetrotters come into town and just play with the Titans from the third and the fourth quarter and not taking anything away from the team, obviously, because they, 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 put their hearts out there to try and come back. At one point they were down uh, by 10. They came back. They were down by 12 and a half. But after that, Carolina just ran along with it. And I mean, good team. I can't take anything away from Carolina. It was frustrating because they did run the floor. But when you have two hours of straight talk time and you got fillers in between and everything else, it's not the easiest thing in the world. I will say this is home. This is what I love to do with the guys that I do it with. But being a broadcaster now, officially, 
and never give up on a dream because you never know where your dreams are going to take you. And I'm fortunate and thankful and, and blessed to, to be a part of it. But it's different because you do have to watch extremely what you say. And you, no matter how intense the game gets, you just can't turn around and be like, in this, that foul. Like you just got to, you got to keep everything in check. You know, remind yourself that you are a broadcaster and you're a professional and keep it moving. So yeah, it's, it's not easy. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's fun, but I got to haul a lot of equipment because everything that I bring there is all on me. You know, that's the, as the team continues to become uh, better and being in the league now for two years, the, and Basil, Basil Harfuch, the uh, gentleman who owns the, the team itself, great guy, a lot of fun to, to, to meet and talk to, but he already puts in a lot of money from the ownership level. So to me, bringing my stuff down there and setting it up and people appreciate it and join it and Aiden, my camera guy, it, it's just, it's a lot of fun. And my producer who still gets involved with me because she's right next to me. Mm -hmm. And so she helps out. And, and I, as I told her, and I will tell everybody on air without her, I couldn't do what I do because I called my producer and yes, she listens to the sound of the show to make sure everything's good. And she comes into the studio. She runs it with notes if something is not going well, but she's been my rock since the beginning of broad street South. And she continues to be that same rock now with the Tampa Bay Titans. And I can't thank her enough. I love her to death and she's absolutely awesome. So, and I know she's over at studio B and I don't want to see too much. Cause now I end up getting teared up, but she does a phenomenal job and I'm forever grateful for her. Uh, thank you. Dylan said, oh, sorry. Rick says, hello, folks. Dylan around? No, Dylan will be back on Thursday. He is, Rick, he's over with the, with the Blue Jays, and he's got his final games coming up, and then he will be with the, my, with the minor league team. I was going to say the minority team. See so how much the world is all freaking got me all screwed up here. He is with the minor league team that will be um, throughout the season, and then he also just recently was awarded another contract by the high school team that plays there at TD Bank Field. So he's Gosh. Dylan's doing big things and then the kids great. And uh before well when we go off and uh off air here, just remind me. But uh hopefully coming up very soon we will be talking to players from the Clearwater Threshers. And I'll just leave that at that and hopefully that'll come about. And there might be even some Toronto Blue Jays players that we able to, to to be able to speak to. So I'm not gonna dive into much to it, but I'll I'll let my guys know here off air. But uh, that's where that's where he is, Rick. Ducky says, "I'll be giving away eight tickets on April twelfth and eighth uh, and April twenty eighth. Angel, check your email for the other four tickets to confirm before he send them back to me." And uh, yeah, I will. I definitely will. It's just been a lot of stuff going on here, Ducky. And I do again do appreciate it. When never I don't freaking sleep. Not anymore. I don't. I I think I sleep at the maximum. I used to have four hours of sleep. I think I get about two now at this point after prepping everything up that needs to be prepped and set and uh, promotions and video clippings and audio and everything else. And we're still trying to get everything set up over there as far as the way we would love the audio and videos of feed. But yeah, Rick, like next to nothing. And then roll that around because by the time I get done, now it starts football season all over again. That's if you know, we don't make it into the playoffs because we make it into the playoffs and you're looking at late June, early July but by the time season's over. Don't rush the football season to come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, not ready. Yeah, well, and, well, and plus, then we have the USFL uh, pretty soon here coming up. Yeah, we do. There is a lot of stuff. There's a lot of interesting coming up. NASCAR, I haven't paid too much attention, and I apologize. Like I told the guys from Redline Radio LSC. By the way, they had a, from what I understand, a very successful 
show at Detroit Power Pistons show, which unfortunately I had to miss because then I got picked up by the 10 big Titans and I had to call the games, but I'm glad to hear. And, and from what I understand, they got more people coming over to sign on with them. So great job to Dave Lee, Lex, Timbuktu, uh, honey, all those guys and girls over there, they're putting their hearts and souls into that, uh, into what's becoming a, a, a bigger corporation at this point. But for those guys and girls that put their hearts into it and their souls and everything else, congratulations to Dave and all those guys over there at Redline Radio LLC. They're doing big things, and it's really good to see. When a lot of people didn't believe in Dave just about less than about a year ago or so. So uh, congratulations to Dave. But listen, we got uh, – and Ducky says one more time here. Fuji, tag me in the picture when you go to the draft party on the 28th. Yes, sir. Thanks for the uh, draft party tickets as well. I appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely fantastic. Now, we're talking about here the Sixers, and Fuji, you brought up a point, I think, before we went on air here, that there's a realm and or also a rumor that supposedly Doc Rivers is planning on going back to the L.A. side of the house. I'm not. The rumor is speculation that he could be a candidate for either the Lakers job or another job to possibly be open. Okay. I want to hear it's all hearsay speculation. Right, but Ryan, I, I have you heard any of this? Uh, I think if he doesn't make a deep playoff run, he's gone. Um, he's gonna have to get past the first round, obviously. He might even have to get past the second round. Um, from what I'm hearing is if they don't get to to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, um, he's on his way out. So it's just a lot. A lot of fans, you know, especially with Embiid, uh, a lot of the stuff that I'm hearing is. Embiid's been around so long now. You know he's done this, he's done that. All right, you wanted Harden, we brought Harden here. Uh, we got a better coach. We bought Doc Rivers in. If if they don't do something in the next couple of years to get over the hump, Embiid's going to be gone. Well, this is um, a two-year window anyway. I mean, right? I just, rumor, the rumors speculating that the Sixers brass in the front office may not want to give Harden a max contract. How true it is, I don't know. I mean, you kind of, you kind of have to be foolish if you know what I mean. What you gave up to get Harden? I mean, Simmons had to go, but that's beside the point. I mean, the inside word about Harden is, um, I guess Embiid and uh, Bradley Beal are really close, and Embiid's trying to campaign to get Bradley Beal to to come to Philly. That's that's on the down low. Um, We'll have to see what happens with Harden, Harden going into the playoffs. I just, I just don't think they have the depth on the bench. The mm. starting five is going to have to do it all because the bench is too sporadic. Um, oh yeah, they just they don't they don't they, they had what was it eight points against the Pistons, and in the following game against the Hornets, the bench scored like forty points. That's what they're going to need going into the playoffs. If the starting, if they have to rely on the starting five to do the bulk of the work, it's going to catch up with them at some point. Of course, when Embiid, I mean, this is the longest, you know, the most games he's played in his career. I mean, his body's already wearing down. I mean, I think he, he just came out the other day and said he's been playing with a cup, a bad cut on his finger for the last two months. And he's like, I don't feel it. You know, it's all hard. But first of all, not to get jump right into the offseason, but if you're going to bring in Bradley Beal or, I mean, you're going to have to get rid of Tobias Harrison, his max contract, but who's going to take that? 
nobody at this point because there's not too many teams that right now that have the room in their salary cap to do so. So, I mean, unless someone's like super desperate, at maybe New Orleans, but even them, you know, with their situation right now, they, they, they have no idea what their just draft choice, what, a shy two years ago, then now all of a sudden one's out. The same thing, too. That's why I, I think the big thing is, and Sean, I'm going to bring up your, your question or your comment in, in a moment. That's why I think when you start telling and having these guys basically doing whatever they want to do and saying, oh, I want to create a super team here. You know, I I get X amount of money. I should be able to, to make calls and do whatever I want to. That, to me, that's why the problems are arising the way right now everywhere. Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA. That's why I, I don't think these guys, and, and no different than LeBron, because now you have LeBron, who obviously is in L.A., but I, he had mentioned during the All-Star break that he may come to Cleveland one more time. He also is one of those reasons why, as Sean put up there, that they're saying that Vogel might be gone. He's a top candidate for a Lakers job. So good riddance, something happened with Doc and then beat in the locker room after a loss to the Bucs. But for me, you know, you got LeBron James, who's constantly wanted either his coach in there or if things don't work out the way they want to, then he wants out. You know, LeBron's also aging out there. And I know he wants to wait around. He wants to wait for Bronny to get there so he can either play on the same team or play against them one or two. But it's time. And you put this super team together with the Lakers. And anybody knows when you have too many egos together in that same room, it's not going to work. You have in New York, obviously, Ben Simmons, who's trying to sue now the Sixers for $20 million in back pay. Well, guess what? That wallet hurts, right? But that's his fault for doing so. I don't care who says what. It is his fault. There's a difference between mental health. And there's also a big difference between you crying wolf the whole entire time and then you actually come out and say yourself that it had nothing to do with mental health and now you're using the excuse in new york that it's your lower back issue and so now they're going through it well we went through it and he's been there less time than he was with the sixers and and ultimately i can guarantee you if the lakers clippers or anyone from la calls up ben simmons and says ben you're here i'm wow my back is gone i'm good watch me shoot some hoops I bet you that he doesn't want to be there. Everybody knows it. He doesn't want to be there, but nobody wants to admit it on the radio. And that's fine. I understand it. But in the end, Ben doesn't want to be there. So to me, I, I, me, I was, I wouldn't like to see doc go. I would like to see what doc could do. Maybe one year, more, one more year here in Philly. But if, if it's for him to be out there in LA, then I, I guess go out to LA. We already know Frank Vogel was going to be gone. Even if, even if LeBron goes, he's going to have, Frank gone, no matter which way you look at it. And it's a shame because players really shouldn't come down to the point where, hey, you know what? This this coach is to be gone. I can understand if if you're talking about starting the season, I don't know, 0-26. All right, yeah. You know what? Your coach hasn't done anything, but it's also in your team as well. If you're doing a rebuild from the bottom up, then you can't expect for a first-year head coach to do it. I mean, USC tried it, almost did it, win the national championship. But the same way, too, sometimes you got to ride that wave. But for me, I think it, it's been too much on Doc Rivers. And I'm just speaking out of my own opinion here. I think, could he do a better job? Yes, of course, like any other coach could do a better job. But I would hate to see him go. I don't know how you guys feel, but I, I would like to see Doc at least stick around for one more year. No, I agree. I mean, I mean, like you said, it all depends on how far he takes the Sixers. I mean, you can't fire the players, but... It's usually the coach, you know, basically gets the axe. Right. Well, there's one, there's there's one coach, his name that always comes up, you know, with rumor wise. And that's the guy, you know, in Villanova, Jay Wright. 
you know, everybody says he would be a good fit for the Sixers, but the inside word is Jay Wright does not want to go to that to next level NBA. because he does he doesn't want to deal with the whole rigmarole of the NBA. Right. But his his name his name constantly pops up. I think what's going to happen this year, if Doc can't take the Sixers to at least the Eastern Conference Championship round, he's gone. He's going to have to make a deep run. If he doesn't make the deep run, I think that's it. Yeah, but who do you bring in? That's the question. Don't know, but another I think for another day. It's, it, it's, it's going to come down to, and Bede's only going to deal with so much here in the next couple of years. And if he's yeah. not satisfied, he's going to roll. I'm going to tell you that right now. Well, yeah. the window's closing. I mean, with his injuries, how many more years can can the poor guy put on mileage on the body? Especially being a big man, big man. And I don't, you know, I don't, as they don't get think, older, the body breaks down. And I really don't think Harden is letting on how much he is actually hurt. He just doesn't right. look right. He just doesn't look the same. He's dealt with that hamstring no, he for how long? He got it healthy, but I, I, I just don't think he's right, and I don't think he's letting on how badly he's actually dealing with stuff. He's yeah, just he trying to play through it and keep his mouth shut. So he doesn't look right. He doesn't. No. It doesn't, and, and you have the Nets. Uh, why am I drawing a blank here? Good Lord, Harry, he just said, huh? Who are you thinking of? He just Kevin said it because of his, huh? Kevin Durant? Yeah, he just yeah, said it. Yeah, it was Durant. Big, yeah. He Kyrie just, Irving? He, no, Durant. Listen, guest of the, of the night. Let's ask the guest of the night. But no, he had talked about that because of him. He felt like personally because of his knee is the reason why the Nets had a tank of a season the way it did. You know, what? and and it takes a, a big person to admit that. And it, and I, I also know because of the whole mass thing and the mandate thing and everything else that Kyrie Irving didn't get his time either. So, I mean, it was a realm of thing that's, that happened with the Nets. But there'll be a next year. Hopefully those guys want to hang in there because you never know. Hopefully Kevin Durant can heal and he can get better. It, he rushed to come back because he wanted to make sure that he turned things around for the Nets. And, I mean, the Knicks look I – mean, they had a hot start at the beginning of the season, not so much anymore, but they look like they were they were ready to make a, a playoff push. So no one ever knows. And the, to actually to say who's going to be the, the next coach here for, for the Sixers, if Doc decides to go, who knows? I, I don't even know at this point who's available unless they decide to bring Frank Vogel here. I, I have no idea. They, they they may decide to give uh, Sam Cassell a shot. That's that's what I'm thinking. I can see that. Yeah, Sam yeah. wouldn't be bad at all. I mean, he's he's paid his dues. You know, By the way, before the we NBA. before we sign off here and we start thanking our, our sponsors for the incredible job they do for us here on the show, did anyone get it in? Well, first of all, <laughs> do you guys remember the malice in the palace? Yes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Yeah, Ron Artus, Ben Wallace. Yeah, and by the way, Netflix, you're welcome here for this free plug. But it, it was good to it was good <laughs> to see it that they actually brought it back and like you finally get to hear the stories from the guys and how they felt and everything else. That's the one cool thing I will say about Netflix and the documentaries the way they're doing it. They're actually being able to, in which they have more of an opportunity than obviously we would. But it's nice to see they're they're going back on some of these stories and getting caught up on on how the guys felt and everything else. And then there was the other one with the point shaving. Which mm -hmm. that one, man, with Arizona, that was something else. I, I that was incredible. But that because obviously the anniversary is coming up here with the Malice in the Palace. But how how about that for that whole fiasco and the way it started, just with that one beer toss 
to run our test. And then from there, he changed over his name to Meta World Peace. And he even talked about it on Netflix special on how much he still has to reflect upon everything that he does on a daily basis because it's still not as much as that affects him, but because he he got tired of the negative energy and he continues to do trying to, you know, just constant positive energy all the time. But great job by Netflix. And and I mean, it, it was just crazy to hear it in Seattle all over again. But I, I'm also amazed how many people didn't know about that. I thought you were talking about Fuji's birthday party at first. Oh, that was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different Malice in the Palace there. <laughs> so that, yeah. Well, I have to admit, I was, I was dancing on some tables. See? That's why I said, yeah, listen, you say 40, the official word was, the Associated Press, matter of fact, came out in uh, the Philly Inquirer. The, it was the evening news that put it out there. It was about 400 people. They said they had to freaking kick out from the, the veterans' <laughs> place that you guys went to they had to get rid of them and then the whole party came over to nick's roast beef (laughs) i have inside people yeah yeah they were there i want these rumors proved (laughs) what was the guest of the show so guess was it true or not there was 400 people there no i told you 40 or 50 (laughs) then i got a couple hundred messages We'll see. So then, once again, there was 400 people there. No, if there was 400 people there, the fire department when it came. Big, big 5-0, buddy. There's no turning back now. Sure isn't. I don't feel 50. <laughs> Some days I do, but yeah, yeah, I'm, when... still, I'm still dancing like when I was in my 20s. So <laughs> That's all right. And by the way. I still, still can't be that, you know, that old. Listen, I've seen the man dance. I will say he does not dance now that he's 50, but then he didn't dance like a 49-year-old. I, I will give him that much. He is Gene Gene the dancing machine, that's for sure. And matter of fact, if dancing on air was still on, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he would be busting a move out there. But hey, listen, you didn't stop for, if I remember correctly, it was about 45 minutes straight dancing. I think the only time, and you should have been there, Neff, because he was, he was going off, right? I have no music or anything else to go on. But he was going off. He comes back. He was like the Godfather. He comes back. Kristen pats him on the head, and he goes right back out to dancing again. Guy's amazing. It's amazing. I couldn't believe it. But and and he brought the house down. By the way, it it was probably about five people when we walked in. By the time we left, it must have been a thousand folks because they heard he was there and he was partying. So it's a good job by the Fuji. (laughs) I appreciate it. That's a little Don Fuji, the Godfather, far fetched. It wasn't, folks. I'm telling you, it wasn't. There, there was no rumors or speculations on that one. I, w- I won't say the name of the bar because they actually took a picture of him and it's posted up on their almost by the ceiling, and it has the Godfather up there, and it showed the dance minutes and everything else. So it's a, it's not rumors or speculation. Matter of fact, we'll ask the guest again. Guest, we know that it's up there. You can just go ahead and admit it, guest. Whatever you say. Much <laughs> obliged for the accolades, though. There's no problem. It worked. This, I give it to the people who can do it. And, and the man can dance. If you guys want to see him, matter of fact, we're going to set up a private party maybe before the season starts. And you guys can all come out and see the uh, man himself. He gets down. He doesn't need any rollerblades, roller skates, nothing else. Maybe the afro. If we can throw some afro on him because he can get down with some disco as well. But it's okay. We'll, we'll set it up. We'll have a, a viewing party before the uh, before the season get, kicks <laughs> off. But by the way, for uh, the next couple uh, weeks, that are coming up. We have Rachel Rivette from BGN. She'll be on the show along with uh, a doubleheader of Seth Joyner and Jason Martinez. And 
Ryan, I will give you this one because I am super excited about the other person that's going to be on the show with us here towards the end of the month. Uh, who are we referring to? JJ. Mr. Mr. Uh, Jim, Jim Jackson. Jim Jack. Yeah, I'm still. Uh, he said he wants to do the show. Um, I told him what times are available when the Flyers don't have games. Haven't heard back from him yet, but I expect him to get back to me because he. <laughs> see i'm telling you i'm not the only one thanks rick see rick backing me up i'm expecting him to get back to me so he can come on the show because we what a what better person to talk about the flyers in the state that the flyers are in than jj mm, also the phillies true exactly. he covers them yep that's a twin kill right there it's a plethora of knowledge right there my friends that's right Big yes, words sir. tonight, folks. You don't have to go to bigwords.com. We give you all the plethoras and uh, the precipice while we're at it. See that? <laughs> we got Martinez. That's right. Listen, it's, okay, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it at that. But anyways, listen, thanks to everyone who tuned in tonight. And we also like to thank our sponsors here. Starting with Tampa Joe's. You guys visit tampajoes.com. If you are coming down to the Tampa area and or coincidentally, are attending a Tampa Bay Titans game, by all means, stop by 9316 Anderson Road out there in beautiful Tampa, Florida. A hop, skip, and a drop from the airport, and you can just helicopter ride over from the tarmac over as, as the national correspondent squeezed in here, which doesn't make the show any easier to make to, to start running the promos Easy here. But thanks to TampaJoes.com and always Mike Goodwin, who just opened up store number 70 with Bubba Coos. So thanks to... Uh, Mike Goodwin and Ryan's going to screw me up here. Thanks to Mike and uh, the group, Rob, everyone who puts a fantastic job together out there, and always Philly to South who supports being part of the club. And uh, during the NFL season, please join us at 9316 Anderson Road, Tampa Visit, look at the menu, serious fun, great place. Enjoy it also with Philly Sports Trips. Dot com. If you guys need a sporting getaway, it doesn't get any more professional. It doesn't get any more better than this. With phillysportstrips.com, take a look at their lineup they got coming up. And for the first time ever, they are going overseas for a golf outing. The only time that Vince will not be on that trip. And that's only because we have the <laughs> good Lord. He has his <laughs> second daughter that's coming up. And he was able to meet his family. Uh, it was a great time meeting them, but... Again, if you guys want to go on a outing, check out phillysportstrips.com. Along with, if you have Eagles, now see, don't tell me I screwed up here. Not Eagles. Tongue tied. <laughs> but if you have indoor need, credit card payment solutions, and or looking for apparel, and that's why I was thinking about the Eagles, visit lgdirect.net. For everything that you may need as far as apparel, reach Tom out to Larry Brady Gilman, who does a great job here supporting the studio, and that's the reason why the studio <laughs> name is behind him. As Tom now, yeah, the national correspondent is rocking the sunglasses here. But if not, give him a call, 855-777-3863, 855-777-3863, direct.net. The Big Sarge Sports <laughs> Talk. I have no idea what the world you just said here, but the Big Sarge Sports Talk. Visit, uh, visit this big. You guys are screwing me up now. <laughs> big talk.com And also listen to the show Monday through Friday in the trenches. <laughs> See, I can't mess around with YouTube because you all screw me up here. But that's all right, though. Listen to the show in the trenches from 10 to 12 Central Standard Time, 11 to 1 Eastern Standard Time. 
Andy Kalou, Big Sarge. Uh, yes, Sports Talk 790 with uh, Jacob Beck behind the glass and Chris Gordy. Those guys do an outstanding job. And also with our special partnership with Super Draft Pro. If you guys love betting here for good things, check out Super Draft Pro. You can go to broadstreetsouth.com, broadstreetsouth.com for that. What's that? Nothing. I was gonna, I was gonna comment on something, but I'll be quiet. <laughs> oh boy! Now, I, I, it's like this: that one, how much did they pay him to do that? Like, couldn't like one of one of us be like? Because you don't know. You got to be. It's the right place at the right time. Hey, you never know. Hey, but the guys like this, like food, food. You do that again, but do it as a guest. Put put the <laughs> guest up. Go ahead. <laughs> it cracks me up every week. Like, like the guy's just like. <laughs> you never like know. He's ready to throw punches or something. I don't know. Maybe he thinks he's Balboa. It could be. Matter of fact, you know what? We'll take a picture like, like that. Yeah. When, we, when we have your 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 party up there, we'll, yeah. we'll make sure to. We'll, we'll all my, take a picture and you can do that. party will never happen. No, it'll happen. Don't you worry about that, mister. And by the way, thank you. Don't forget, you guys. Also, Kendall's Crusade, the second annual, the one-arm golf challenge with Leslie Goodell, our guest from uh, just last week, or actually the week before, May 31st, is the next one coming up here. So please save the date. If you can, please participate in or reach out to Leslie Goodell because uh, she puts on a great benefit, um, not as much as when it comes to for her daughter, but because of the crusade itself. So Please save the date, May 31st. And also a special thank you so much. And I'm very much appreciative and grateful for the Tampa Bay Titans. If you guys get the opportunity, please come out to a Titans game. Again, they'll be away on Friday. They'll be back on Sunday, 1701 North Boulevard in Tampa, Florida at Blake High School. It's a great time. The team's absolutely phenomenal. Again, thanks to Basil. Uh, and the guys that give me the opportunity over there, and it's fun to do the two minutes with the Titans. It's always a blast. So thank you to the Tampa Bay Titans. Again, visit TampaBayTitans.com along with visiting BroadSTSouth.com. Last comment, comments coming in here. Um, Ducky, I will let you know. I will let For next Tuesday, I believe so. So, uh, But I'll reach out to you, Ducky. So don't, don't – I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. Uh, thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. No, no problem. Oh, and by the way, you guys, if you get the opportunity, also follow Drunk Phil's fan. Those guys do an amazing job with their blog, and, and it, they do a fantastic, phenomenal job. Hopefully, Chris will have them back on here coming up maybe probably next week. I have to get together with them to, to bring them back. Um, uh, also, Rick says, happy birthday, Fuji. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate it. Rick always working out there Southwest doing a phenomenal job so they can bring people back home after so many cancellations over the weekend. But with that being said, thank you to once again, my favorite producer, the love of my life in the next room over at studio B. Thank you to Debbie. Thank you for everyone who tunes in again, 30 States stateside as it continues to grow 11 countries overseas. Thank you once again to Australia, Brazil, Uruguay, and still, hopefully, more to come. We can't do this stuff without you guys. We are beyond grateful and blessed and thankful for you tuning in, listening to the audio download. We do appreciate the love, and it's never, never forgotten. So thank you so much. Also, to my national correspondent who decided he wanted to be silly today and make me laugh during the promos, I appreciate it. And for the godfather that, once again, turns half a century old. Thank you to everyone. We will see you all, of course, on Thursday. 
Thursday. And Thursday, I don't believe, if I remember correctly. No, is uh guest is coming on Thursday, correct? Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure. Once again. Yes, sir. All righty. So everyone, listen, appreciate it. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you all on Thursday night, 8 p.m. Go birds, go sixers, go fills, ring the bell, play the song. Five no. equals five. All that. There you go.